0: Okay. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA
1: Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Good day, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I hope you're well on this cold December Friday. Uh, it's officially Christmas season, and I am joined uh, by my good buddy John Ayers over in Dripping Springs, Texas. How's it going, John?
0: This is a charge. I thought we were doing a coffee podcast. What are, I, I think Whoa, I'm in the wrong place. We,
1: we, we could do that. We can. I do dialed into no. the wrong call.
0: I'm sorry. When the,
1: so I start away.
0: The coffee cats will play.
1: What's John Ayers drinking today? Oh, just so
0: wonderful. Oak roasted coffee. That's right. Oak roasted. So when many, many people roast their coffee, you know, it's fire roasted, whatever, you know, standard process. But here in Texas, our local roasters um, they don't believe just regular roasting is fine. So they, they usually take like a, a local live oak wood and they roast it and kind of smoke it at the same time. Like they like mm-hmm. to smoke their meats out here. So it's got the, the, the espresso is, has a light, light smoky flavor to it, but so rich in flavor, beautiful bean. I uh, love it a lot. Have a nice oat milk with a little bit of pumpkin flavoring, uh, froth in there for my latte. So it's a, it's a wonderful day. It's cold outside, a little rainy. Um, so, you
1: know, not too bad. It is cold, and for myself, uh, of course, John was Jr. on the southeast coast of England, it's almost 8.30pm here in a wet and cold United Kingdom. I've had quite a few uh, coffees myself today, various Nespresso ranges, so it's now Friday evening, and I'm enjoying a light beverage, Paulina Munchen Oktoberfest, so cheers and Merry Christmas, everyone. Of course, we are here. We're on the eve of playing the Raiders. Hopefully, we can sweep the Raiders. Before that, we can get into uh, a, what can only be described, John, as a phenomenal, a phenomenal end to a uh, uh, another close victory in Arizona. What do you make of it all? Oof.
0: Well, I mean, watching the game, uh, a lot of emotions. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, between U.S. men's national teams, uh, two games – uh uh, sandwiching that chargers game right there in the middle i've had a lot of stressful uh sports in the last week i've been uh it's been a lot so to be honest it wasn't as stressful i think after watching you know us draw england which by the way i'm still waiting for for that video of bez who is conveniently not here today to pay up on his microwave t bet.
1: Hmm, shy yeah. he's not getting away with it. He's not getting no, away not. with it. I mean, he will, will be listening. He's got a uh, engagement with his good lady wife tonight, so nah, he'll be nah. listening sure, in the morning. Sure. But he'll be paying yeah. up. Okay. He'll be paying. Up. Right, no, no. I want to see. I
0: want to see some microwave tea. That's what so I, do I. I want
1: to see him. He, he, I tell you what, he can actually eat his hat and drink the microwave tea. Mm. If you're listening,
0: Bez. It's mm. happening.
1: Well, hat biscuit. I like it.
0: Um, but uh, you know the Chargers played started off poorly three straight three and outs i believe it was yeah again um, yeah, i think I, they had a total time of possession of like three minutes you know through their first three because i mean it was it was looking bad it was looking ugly i was like oh here we go again and then the offense uh lights up a little bit you know oh we got to see uh, we got to see herbert moving around a little bit we got to see uh you know a little bit of uh of palmer we got to see keenan allen out there again which was nice and of course austin eckler or basically our number one receiver through the, <laughs> this season. Number one uh, sadly, offensive
1: player, I think, John, to be fair.
0: I mean, he really is. I mean, this team would pretty be pretty shot without him. So, you know, we got to see them light it up a little bit. And, you know, that was good. The defense struggled. But I will say this. At the end of the game, when it mattered the most, the biggest positive I can take away is the defense stepped up and the offense stepped up. All right. And that was huge. That was huge. I mean, I was literally ready to say this game is over. I, I didn't think the defense could make the you know make the stops needed and then when they did i was just still like can this offense actually score right can they get down the field and score can they even get a two-point conversion if that's what's needed i it just it it felt if i don't know i had a, a little bit of defeat and despair in me and you know um it, it was really good to be proven wrong it was really good to see herbert just basically carried the team on his shoulders and you know uh, I, I guess credit where credits due. Uh, there was some some really good play calling, some uh, some really exceptional things called there, especially in the goal line area. I thought Lombardi did a great job there at the end. But again, my question would be, why can't we put together a full game of good play calling? Right? Like I don't expect every drive to be points. I, I don't expect that. But against a defense uh, that has played as poorly as the Cardinals have played, I was expecting a much better offensive production, and we did not get that. So. It it was tough. It was a a tough game to watch for most of it, but it really, really sat nicely at the end to see them come back, see that aggressive, um, you know, Staley going for two, saying, hey, we're not going to chance it, you know, and the way that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals were able to dice up the Chargers defense, to be honest, I wouldn't have trusted going to overtime either because it honestly felt like, you know, kind of like a game of Madden. Whoever got the ball first in OT would have won. The way that both defense were starting to struggle at the end of the game so i think he did the right thing there i think instead of sitting there and waiting for a coin to choose our fate he said not we're going to choose our own fate uh and again beautiful design play i will make this comment the most interesting thing when people are analyzing that play call and giving lombardi a lot of credit which i do have to give him credit for calling that play like it was the only reason that play works is because they call the say the act the the original play uh, that doesn't have Everett kind of finding that little space there They call that standard stick play all the time. And I'm like, well, that's great that maybe, hey, if you call that play five times a game and it gets, you know, it works once a game or whatever. But then you call the opposite of that play or or a wrinkle in that play and it it works well. Why can't you just call that play with a bunch of wrinkles all game and get success all game? I don't, I guess I don't understand why it's like, hey, you know, we don't have good play calling for all the games. We're going to run the same route over and over again, but it sets up a good play at the end. Well, if you run the same play over and over again, and you don't score enough points, there is no end to call that play. So I don't know. Again, it's a uh, half full. We won. We can, you know, we're still in the playoff hunt, half empty, another game that just, they didn't look good. Right. And again, against another team who's not a good team, right? Like this is consistently, it's not like we're, if we are blowing out the bad teams, Right, and then we were losing to good teams. I would say, okay, well, that's not bad. At least we're blowing out bad teams, and we're looking, you know, and we're and we're being close with the good teams. What's happening is we're playing these close games with good teams sometimes, and then we're barely beating bad teams. So it's it just it's hard for me to get excited.
1: Yeah, I think just to cover some of your points, um, I want to start with the negatives: uh, giving up four sacks against a lowly ranked defense is disappointing. Yes, I know we've got a makeshift offensive line, but we really have to do a really good job of protecting Herbert. You can tell that he's recovering now from those rib injuries. He's starting to move. He's starting to look like him old self. He's got some confidence back, but he doesn't want to be taking those hits, which obviously we invited all that pressure on, on, on Sunday night. Um, Joshua Palmer, a mixed bag, uh, you know, averaging just over 11 yards uh, reception, and then obviously the, the fumble. But he's in the mix, uh, and he's he's he's, you know, he's making himself available f- for Herbert. Um, a- again, you know, we, we talk about Palmer now. Over the last three or four weeks, he's starting to establish himself there with the absence of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being on the sidelines. Uh, but it's like what well, you said, John. It'd be great to see a player. Playing throughout uh, uh, an entire four quarters without some sort of an error, yes, it's, it's difficult in this league. But you know the, those fumbles, we, we've got to cut all that out. It, it, it's 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 becoming a bit of a problem over the last two seasons. And then we look at, at Dick of the kicker. You know, one field goal, hundred percent again. Look, it's it's great. You know, we, we've we've got a, all all these little elements of the game, the special teams, they're all going to come to the forefront of, of our success because now it is a sprint for a wild card place. Like you said, John, we're not out of this yet by a long stretch. Um, it's good. It's, we'll, we'll come on to the Raiders game later on, but you know, I think if we'd have lost this, John, I think it would have been a disaster for the Chargers. I think Chargers as a fan base, I think we'd have been very despondent and, I would not have liked to have been in the Chargers building had we come away from Arizona w- with another defeat. Um, Arizona is exactly what we thought they were. Uh, a poor football team. Clearly, uh, Cliff Kingsbury down there, you know, not doing a great job this season. Kyler Murray still elusive. He gets out of the pocket. He makes plays. But really, to be winning that game like we did shows character but we shouldn't be putting ourselves in those positions. I don't think John We're digging ourselves in a hole and these three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. That's, that really has to hurt. But I think on the flip side, the fact that we we finished that game with a with a good positive drive and how easy do we make the two point conversion look? So that has to take the, a bit of confidence into, into the next game with, with the offense. But yeah, I, I don't, 25-24, a win is a win. We always say that. But it, it would have been nice to put a little bit of daylight between ourselves and, and the Cardinals. But as you said, we started the game so poorly, it could have gone the other way. You know? Um, we just can't... The third quarter just seems to be a bit of an enigma for the Chargers. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I think somebody needs to be testing their water at, at halftime in the locker room because there's something going on there the, the team comes out cold in, in the second half. And I don't know if that's a mental thing, John, or it's just a bit of a coincidence. I, I don't know, but it, we need to sort that out, especially now going down the stretch.
0: It's, it is definitely something we can't do against good teams, right? I mean, obviously doing it against bad teams, which they've done it pretty much against everybody. Of course. Uh, doing it against bad teams is, is not a death nail. As they've proven over and over again this season they can get down and come back so it's not like it's going to kill them in some of these games but if this team truly wants to make some noise in the playoffs scratch that if this team really wants to even make the playoffs they're going to have to cure that right so we've got the raiders coming up and we'll talk about them in a second um you know a full preview of that but i kind of want to look ahead of the calendar let's just say for you know for argument's sake let's say we beat the raiders okay we should and that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute. But we should beat the Raiders. We beat them. We They do their jobs, right? Now you've got the two probably most pivotal games left on the calendar. And that's going to be against the uh, Titans and Dolphins, right? D- Dolphins and Titans, both are, are playoff caliber teams. Both are doing really well. Both, you know, both are well coached. Um, you know, neither of them have a good quarterback. So that's obviously in our advantage. Um, so... Anyways, um, had, had, to, had to be said, I see what you did. Yeah, he did. Um, anyways, those are games that they need to they need to win one of those two games. I think. Now, here's the deal: from a mathematical standpoint, they don't probably. From a mathematical standpoint, they could probably lose both of those games, but win out the rest of their games against teams who have a losing record, um, and there's still a mathematical chance that, that they can make the playoffs. So it's, it's not like they have to beat those teams, but in my opinion. I don't know how you can go confidently into the playoffs saying, hey, all of our wins came against teams below 500. We have a we are 0-6 against teams with a winning record. Because right now they're 0-4 against teams with a winning record. They lose to Tennessee, they lose to Miami, they're 0-6 against teams with winning records. You cannot be 0-6 against teams with winning records going to the playoffs saying, hey, we're gonna do just fine, right? So they need to figure it out, right? They need, the, Dolph, or the Dolphins, or the Titans. Honestly, both of them are quality teams. Both of them are well coached. Both of them are are likely in the playoffs, all right? The Chargers are searching for a signature win. It's going to be one of those two games. That needs to be their signature win is one of those two games, okay? So, how are they going to do that? Well, they're not going to do it by getting down early, okay? They're not going to do it by just completely just not showing up for third quarters, okay? They need to play consistent four-quarter football. We have really really yet to see that from them and we need to see it because if we don't yeah. see it now, are we going to ever see it?
1: Yeah. And, and this is the other thing. I mean, going back to the Arizona game, disappointed to see great for Michael Davis, but the fact that he was the only player that, you know, registered as a sack, I thought we might've seen a little bit more um from our, our defense. It wasn't to be, but it's all these little, little metrics that we, we measure and, and we look at, you know, you look at the box score the box score doesn't tell the entire picture. I understand that. But it's about confidence. You know, you, you're seeing Austin Eckler. He's He's been our consistent player, you know, throughout the team. Um, it, it, he's making plays, making receptions, moving the football on the ground. It, it breeds confidence. And it's like you said, John, We need we need signature wins. And signature wins are built on consistency. They're built on confidence. And they're built on good play calling. Uh, and I think we struggled certainly against Arizona. Look, we at the end of the day we, we beat Arizona, and we should have beaten Arizona, but it was very very narrow. Um, Titans and Dolphins will fancy themselves because ultimately they want to be be you know heading for the playoffs themselves, um, and we know what Tyreek Hill can do because we've we played off played against him often enough. Um so now it, it's all about trying to build this momentum, getting players healthy, protecting what we've got, because I think you're right. If we come up against the Titans or we come up against the Dolphins and uh, we're not at 95 plus percent in, in terms of being healthy, in terms of preparation, in terms of execution, we're gonna get hurt. And and all that means is that the all the all the hype for this season, uh you know it's 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 diminished and people start losing faith in the charges and then the fingers start coming out and we're we're then back into a situation where we were under Mike McCoy Anthony Lynn after him um so at the moment the season's still in our hands but we've got to go out and execute and I think it's it's been a tough season um it's down to the players now and the coaching staff I think I think to be honest John at this side, at this time of the season is there really much more that the coaches can teach the players about themselves certainly the third fourth fifth year pros and on maybe the, the the rookies and the and the second year pros maybe so but the veterans you know heading into week 14 is there really anything that, that the the coaches can say to the players in terms of executing in terms of technique? Is there really anything that can be taught this this stage of the season?
0: I mean, I I hope so. I mean, I absolutely hope so, because if they don't improve, they're either not going to make the playoffs or they're going to get trounced in the first round. You know, and I say this every year. There's There's only two places you want to be in the NFL. You want to be in the top six or seven teams or you want to be in the bottom six or seven teams. You don't want to be in the middle, all right? Because the middle gives you nothing. The middle means you're not getting playoffs. You're not getting revenue, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're not attracting teams, right? If you miss the playoffs, you're not attracting teams. Teams want to go to playoff teams. Teams want to go. And you know what? Players, so, oh, look what they've got going on there. They want to go to this team. They want to play for this team. That that ends pretty quickly when you hear that every year, and this team doesn't make the playoffs, OK? so. You got to make the playoffs or or, or you lose out, of, you don't have to win a championship, but you want to at least be a playoff team because that attracts other teams. It keeps everybody motivated that, hey, this team has a shot, right? On the flip side of that, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you're better off being a bottom six or 17, right? Get a high draft pick, be able to bring in exceptional talent in the first and second rounds because you're getting basically two first round picks in a sense, you're getting a super high first round pick and having a high pick in the second round is like having a late first round pick, right? So you basically get two first round picks. Anywhere after that, if you finish anywhere from team 12 to team, you know, 20, you basically have wasted your season. You didn't make the playoffs. You're not attractive to other teams. And you're also not going to get a shot at a really elite player, right? Unless somebody happens to fall to you. So it, there's nothing worse than being right in the middle. And that's where the Chargers are. Yet again, they're a middling team. All right. So like, here's the deal. If the Chargers lose to the Raiders, then you're going to see a whole new job. All right. You're going to see me every week calling for a loss, calling for a tank for a top pick, right? Because if you lose to the Raiders, I just don't see any path. I I see a very, very slim path forward to the playoffs. At that point, just tank to get a better pick because this whole, oh, we feel good about ourselves. We have a winning culture. Winning culture means crap if you don't make the playoffs. A non-playoff team is not a winning culture. That's a mid-culture.
1: Nobody wants a mid-culture. On that note, we'll go to a very short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, folks. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. It's easy to use, it's slick, it's quick, it's easy to deposit your money, and it's easy to make withdrawal. Right now. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same-gay parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-gay parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Charger of Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Walsh Jr., joined by my good buddy over in the States, John Ayres. And we're now talking the big one, Raiders. Um, We've already beat them once. We head over to Las Vegas. This is a great opportunity to sweep those Raiders. And really, John, this is a game like Arizona where we should be winning. No ifs, no buts. However, Coralie Lindsley is one of, well, two-thirds of our offensive line is not going to be making that game. So, again, we're under a bit of pressure uh, for our, uh, you know, our, our depth chart to come in, do a job, and if we learn anything about the Chargers this season, they do not function up front without Corley Lindsley, one of the best um centres in the game. So, you know, the Chargers... I've got it all to do. The Raiders obviously want revenge for the uh, the, the the week one defeat. Uh, it's all on the line, John. <laughs> it's all on the line. Well, I'll say this.
0: I'm very happy that I've got Josh Jacobs and quite a few fantasy football teams this year because <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to have a big week. I saw a really interesting thing the other day. I, I don't remember who posted it. Uh, it was an on, someone online. I'm sorry for not giving you credit. But they're basically saying, "Hey, here's the rushing yards per- given by the team before Joey Bosa went out, and it was like a 60-yard game and a 90-yard game or whatever. Then Joey Bosa goes out, and I think the lowest amount of yards they gave up after he's been out is like 170 yards a game, ridiculous like that. It's it's just like they cannot stop the run, and and the Raiders have Josh Jacobs who is just playing lights out this year. I mean." I believe it's a contract year for him. So obviously he's out there trying to make that money and good for him for making that money. You know, that's a, I do the same thing. It's
1: questionable for Sunday's game. Yeah. Questionable. If he's going to have a
0: hundred or 200 yards, probably Jesus. I mean, he could be on one leg and still get a hundred yards. Yeah. 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 I just, so, I mean, that's going to be tough. This defense is going to have to figure out how to stop him. Now. The good news is, is that obviously Devontae Adams had a pretty big game against the Chargers last, uh, Uh, Last time out, so you know, it's there's no there's not really a good way to stop Devontae Adams. Your best bet is to hopefully, um, terrorize Derek Carr enough, um, that he he becomes a non factor. And the issue is, is given the anemic pass rush that this defense has been able, or at least not been able to produce, I should say, um, I I just don't know. And if they're not gonna be able to get to the quarterback, and and Derek Carr is gonna be able to sit back there and get comfortable. Derek Carr, when he is comfortable, can slice and dice the defense. He can. He, he can throw the ball when he needs to, right? So it's really, to me, the biggest thing uh, that I'm going to be looking out for in this Sunday is can the Chargers get pressure on Derek Carr and force him to turn into the little crybaby that we know of him, right? I mean – Derwin James. I mean, we need it. I mean, Derwin James is going to have to play edge rusher the entire game. I mean, I just – there's no other – There's no other choice because Khalil Mack was awesome and he's been a great, he's been a revelation this season, but Khalil Mack is not Joey Bosa and Joey Bosa had trouble all last year because he was getting double and triple teamed all game because there was no other pressure coming from the other side. Well, now Mack is getting the Joey Bosa treatment. He's getting double, triple teams. He's getting handled and nobody else is able to put on any pressure on the QB when Mack has to deal with all that, right? So, and, again, I don't blame Mac for that. I, I blame the Chargers for not having anybody else capable of producing pe- uh, pressure opposite. So, you know, it's it's going to be – it's not going to be the same game that we saw in week one because the Chargers do not have a bunch of players they had in week one. You know, so it, it's, it's 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 basically – you can take what happened in week one and you can throw it away and pretend it never happened because this is a completely different team that's playing. And that worries me. It legitimately worries me. Now, the good news is they're playing in Las Vegas. There's not any Raider fans in Las Vegas. There might actually be more Charger fans showing up to the game, driving from L.A. and Orange County this weekend, uh, Diego County, obviously, um, driving in and flying in to see the game. And there are actually Raiders uh, in, the, in the Roomba. Uh, and, of course, you know, the, all, all the different, you know, stag parties and bachelorette parties and whatnot going on in the, state, in the stands. So, you know, at least I, I don't believe the crowd will be a, a major factor.
1: I mean, this this game is is really bizarre. Another another reason why I love football. So, Chargers 6 and 5, Raiders 4 and 7, okay? That's where the similarities end, right there. Football outsiders have the the Raiders as the 24th-ranked overall uh, team in DVOA with the Chargers at 25. Let's look at the team stats. So, Raiders... The average twenty-four point one points per game. Charges twenty-two point nine. The Raiders allowed twenty-five point one points per game. The Charges twenty-five point six. Total yards: Raiders three hundred seventy-seven point nine. Charges three hundred fifty-eight point nine. Yards rushing is in is in the uh, the, the Raiders favor: one hundred twenty-two to eighty-five. Yards allowed three hundred eighty-two uh, Raiders and three hundred eighty-three. Chargers, these teams are almost, as in terms of statistics, these teams are almost identical. Um it, It's very strange. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head, John. This is not going to be the same game. It can't be because we entered week one with two fresh rosters. We're now deep into the season. There's injuries all over the place. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro on injured reserve. For, for Las Vegas. Obviously we've got Joey Bozer out on, on injured reserve, Josh Jacobs, Denzel Perryman, Brandon Bolden, all questionable. Mike Dubbs, questionable. Corey Lindsley, Trey Pipkins, and Naz are all questionable for the charges at the time of this recording. So it's a case of now is which team can improvise and which teams depth chart players are going to come in and have the biggest impact. And I think the fact that we're playing Derwin James up front, off the edge, John, that obviously completely decimates our secondary and our ability to shut down the the receivers uh, and break up plays. So it's now down to the defensive scheme of, of, of where they think Derwin is, is a best fit. We, we all saw Derwin in week one. And you look at my um, Twitter um handle and my my twitter header is derwin james wrapping around uh, Derek carr and i think that's the difference Derek carr i think once you get to him john i think he's psychologically broken if you can get to him early on in the game uh, i don't think he, he's made of the same uh uh, uh metal as, as some of the other quarterbacks in the league but it's whether or not we can we can find that pressure i, I i'm not sure that we can uh so we've got to rely on now Justin Herbert with the football to start being judicial as he is with his receivers and and relying on Austin Eckler for the running game. It's going to be a challenge, this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the injuries to the offensive line, um, you know, I, I imagine a game plan is going to have to include a lot of extra protection for that offensive line, right? So, I mean, you're talking people in the backfield helping, helping out with, you know chip blocks or whatever uh a lot of tight ends not running routes but staying in the help block uh i'm guessing you're going to get a fair amount of uh, of of play action and bootlegs and and rpo and a lot of quick passes like all that's going to happen now my my fear is you're going to see something similar to what happened you know in previous games where this has happened like uh san francisco the most recent example of this i think where you know Lombardi decided, hey, you know what? We have some issues here. So what we what we're going to try to do to try to alleviate some of the pass rush pressure is we're going to try to run the ball more, right? You know, we'll we'll, we'll hand it off a little bit more that hopefully keeps the defense honest. The running offense is so bad. I don't think the defense has to stay honest. If I'm in any if I'm an opposing defense, my my first reaction is sure, go ahead and run the ball on us. We'd like to see you try. You know, your 80 yards a game do not scare us, right? We give up more yards in the first half of games than teams give up to us all game long. It, it, it's, so if Lombardi's genius idea is gonna be to try to hand the ball off more, like he tried to do against San Francisco, you're gonna see another crap show game. And you're gonna see another game where they're just not, they're ineffective to do anything on offense. Now, obviously that game started off well, and then they completely crapped the bed in the second half. and. You know that's we can't do that against the Raiders we can't and we we actually kind of did that week in week one we, t- we came out to a good lead we had momentum and then we started kind of letting them back in towards the end of the game luckily we never got to the point where it was really like you know real like where they were able to tie it up or anything uh but it came fairly close towards the end of the game until the defense came up with a big turnover uh, I think it was a, it was a fumble or, or, or something. it was some sort of turnover or maybe turnover on downs. It was some sort of big thing on defense that, that helped kind of basically steal the game for us. But, you know, with the banged up offense, the banged up defense, um, you know, I don't know if we can rely on that. So this team, if they need to come out hot, they need to come out scoring and they need to not stop. They cannot have these lulls. They cannot go four or five drives in a row where they can't even get past midfield, right? That cannot be an option. Now, luckily, The Raiders do not have the San Francisco 49ers defense. However, I've actually went and checked on this. The 49ers defense hasn't been that good. So I actually don't think it was the 49ers defense as much as it was the crap offense that cost us the game against San Francisco. And that worries me because that means a mediocre defense like the Raiders can make this offense look bad. And I'm just, it really worries
1: me. Yeah, agreed. But also I think as well, Herbert's now... Looks like Touchwood that he's healed from that uh, rib cartridge, and and we're seeing Keenan Allen now. He, he's looking as healthy as he has been all season, and I think I, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hat on the line here and say that we'll, we'll see at least two touchdowns from Keenan and hundred yards on on Sunday. Uh, you know because he is going to be the 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 premier wide receiver. He is our premier wide receiver, and I think Herbert will be targeting him massively um that might work in our favor as well if um you know if the Ra- raiders go into uh, man coverage on him if they go two on him that might release um palmer uh, and austin eckler but but john it, i think it goes back to what we said all season it's about making the right calls at the, at the right time and not doing the predictable thing i do not want to see the chargers you know, on a, on a first down, throwing the ball and then trying to run the try, two run plays on the second and third down. It's not going to work. And I think if we start getting predictable, that's when we'll play into the Raiders' hands. So it, it's it's down to Joe Lombardi again, in my opinion, and I know he's in your opinion as well. You, you, I know you, you're on the same page as me here. I think Lombardi's still in the hot seat. And it's going to take an awful lot of work for him to get off that hot seat. And it, and it starts on Sunday against the Raiders. This is a must-win game. <laughs> you know we we can't afford to shoot ourselves in the foot anymore this season. And it's going to be really difficult with what is with, is a very suspect offensive line. Um, if Herbert's scrambling for his life, well, then early on we're, we're going to see Max Crosby trying to trying to crush him, and uh, and that's that's a problem. We cannot afford for that to happen because you know as well as I do. Crosby will be going out to hurt Herbert at all costs. I don't care what what the league says about you, you know um, be, being over um, exuberant with these these crazy tackles. You know, rolling away from the quarterback. Defensive ends are there to do a job, and they're going to leave their mark wherever they can. So this could be quite a dangerous game for me. Uh, and I just, I really do hope that we win the game, and I really do hope that Herbert comes out of it unscathed because it could get nasty.
0: Well, again, this uh, we can't say it enough. This is a pivotal game. This is a game you have to win. You can't lose this game. This is a bad opponent, and you need to beat them, right? This is what you need to do. So there's no excuses. If they lose to the Raiders, their season is pretty much over, in my opinion. I don't think you can lose to the Raiders. I mean, yes, you could theoretically lose to the Raiders and then beat Tennessee and Miami, and that would be a great way to make the playoffs. Uh, if, you, if that was the next, you know, three-game stretch, I just don't see them beating both of those teams, right? They're 0-4 against teams with a winning record, and you're going to tell me that they're going to go in and beat two straight teams with a winning record? I just don't buy it, especially when one team's got Derrick Henry, uh, and the other team's got Tyreek Hill, right? So Yikes. Like, those are going to be two tough games. So I just, I, I, there's no way I can confidently say they're going to beat both of those teams. So in my opinion, they got to win two out of the next three, I think, to be really, really. Uh, to be in a good position to finish out as as a playoff team. And if you're telling me they just got to be the either the Titans or the Dolphins, I think they can maybe pull one of those out. I really do. I think there's a chance that they could probably pull one of those out. But if you're telling me they got to beat both of them to stay in the playoff chase, I just don't think they can do that. So if they lose to the Raiders, in my opinion, for all intensive purposes, they're likely done for the year. So this is a just a massive game against an opponent that we all hate. So, I mean, there's just, I, I just wonder how, if they're feeling the pressure at all in the locker room, right? I wonder if they're at all feeling like, oh, we got to win this, we can't lose or, or if they are kind of like, oh, it's just another game, just another Sunday, because it really isn't. It really isn't that much. Yeah. I don't
1: know what it is. In the UK, as, as people are well aware now, that, that you know, football is, is big. It really is. All 32 teams are represented. Um I was out having a family meal three Sundays ago um, on the seafront near to where we live and a guy walked into a restaurant with a Raiders cap on and the first two things that come to my mind is is he really a Raiders fan or is he just wearing it because it's a fashion brand and secondly, he's like, that's put me off my dessert. (laughs) I don't want to see that in a restaurant. When I'm Prime Minister of England or Great Britain, i'm banning raiders caps from all restaurants in the united kingdom because <laughs> it just kind of puts you off your dinner man <laughs> i get it. it makes me sick predictions john come on all right so
0: all this being said and everything that's going on i still am confident that this team can beat the raiders i think if they're going to get up and they're going to play a really good game against anyone it's going to be the raiders um, just too much of a rivalry, too much of a bad taste in their mouths after being knocked out of the playoffs last season by the Raiders. Cannot go back to Las Vegas and get knocked out of the playoffs again by them. So I'm thinking it's going to be 24-20 Chargers. So that's my that's my Ooh. prediction. I think that, I think they do give up 20 points, but I think they score 24, and I do think it's, yet again, relying on, uh, on a dicker-the-kicker field goal to ice the game. Now, it won't be a game winning, but it'll be icing the game. I think they. I think it's one of those games where they get 20, and then we get the ball back with like three or four minutes left, and we go on a long drive, kick a field goal to put us up by more than a field goal, forcing the Raiders with less than a minute to score a touchdown, and the defense comes up big at the end. So that's what
1: I think ends up happening,
0: 24-20 uh, chargers.
1: I've got 24 in my prediction. I think it's going to be uh, 31-24 chargers. Got a lot of confidence Char- in the office. Yeah, so, I have. I have. All right. Keenan Allen. I think the Chargers are gonna get a quite a considerable lead. And I think later on the game, the Raiders come back. We're all gonna start having that anxiety problem, you know, watching the Chargers, but ultimately we'll hold the Raiders. The Raiders will run out of time. Clock will wind down, thirty-one twenty-four, good to go. Predictions hey, what were our predictions last week? Didn't one of us predict
0: like 27 24 or something? Yeah,
1: like we did. We all we didn't predict as close, we also would win, but we all, we didn't predict as close to what we got, guys. I that predicted is 27
0: 24. It. I was pretty close,
1: not gonna lie. You, I think you were the closest. <laughs> um, guys, I was, a field goal, I was a field goal off
0: basically. And a two point Dicker,
1: kicker, yeah. we've got, we got to keep him, we got to keep him
0: right. I mean, no offense to
1: Hopkins, but I mean, the, the momentum, the good, the good energy, gotta keep yeah, the, the kicker. I, th- I think we have. Guys, that's all we've got time for. You can find me, Enzo85. You can find at Adroit, Airs. Charged up. Audible chocolate. Audible chocolate, yes. Uh, Charged up underscore bolts and uh, charged up pod. We'll be back next week to recap the Raiders and look forward to the first of those two other big AFC showdowns. It's been a pleasure. It's the start of Christmas. Enjoy yourselves. Stay warm. Stay fresh. And bolt up. Cheers, Bez.